0: Sandy, the founder and owner of Sandyspiel dot and with me today, as always, is Rameen Forgani, my producer and moderator of the podcast. Rameen, how are you, sir?
1: I'm not too bad yourself, Kyle.
0: pick up once the Domino domino effect comes into play, and then we'll we'll, we'll see some more shuffling. But there has been a, a, a couple good moves across the state, and we're here today to kind of try and break that down for you, just touch on a, a few of these new new faces and new places, and uh, we'll see how it all turns out for this 2017-2018 season, which is quickly approaching, even though it is a couple months away. But, hey, we're in, we're in April. We're about to be in May, and it'll be here
1: before you know it. Indeed. We'll promise to try to keep it short and sweet this time. Our show sheet says we're going to keep it short and sweet, and we hope not to drag this one out too, too long. We'll jump right into it. Uh, the Brookwood girls had coaching positions found a new uh, body to fill.
0: That is true. Brookwood had a, uh, a nice season with Dea Jones going to Texas A&M. She will be graduating, so those will be a very big shoes to fill. She was a a very dominant post presence. But stepping in as head coach would be Caroline Whitney after serving as the interim coach at Lambert. She kind of took on the uh, head coaching job, halfway through a the season there, with Coach Jamie Fisher, sideline, having children. Uh, she stepped over uh, a seat and took over that head coaching position was a key part of that coaching staff that helped Lambert go 26-3. So now she's getting her uh, her first head coaching gig over at Brookwood. She played at Wesleyan under Jan Azar, so she is well-schooled with uh, some coaching royalty in the state of Georgia. Uh, she'll be ready for this job, and she's going to have a couple good pieces in play still with that cornerstone going to Texas A&M. But uh, that is an exciting hire for Brookwood, so some youth added into the program coming off a good year, and it'll be uh, a fun to see what Caroline does over there.
1: Another coaching vacancy filled in the Mount Perrin Girls. Mount
0: Perrin hires Stephanie Dunn, who was head coach over at Barry College up in Rome, so she's going from the college ranks, she's coming back down to high school, she has had plenty of success at the high school level, and she was over at St. Pius, she left for Barry College. She was Region Coach of the Year 2003, 2004, 2006, 2007. So she has seen a, uh, a lot of success over at the high school ranks, and she's going to go into the private school and try and turn around the Mount Tarrant program that has been pretty good over the years. They've fallen on hard times this past year, been uh, bit by the transfer bug a lot lately but with Coach Dunn back over there, we'll see if Mount Perrin can go back in the right direction, which they're heading for a couple years before uh, the recent past few seasons.
1: Over on the boys' side, Mount Vernon has also found a new head coach.
0: Tariq Mabon takes over. He has paid his dues. He is one of the good guys in the game. He has uh, done everything he can. He has assisted assisting on the stats, He'll help out. Coaching on the summer and spring circuit and everything. So that's a guy that you'll find in Jim's Doing his best to help out the kids. Uh, he's a guy that really cares about the kids. Not just on the court, but certainly off the court as well. So uh, I'm really looking forward to him and excited for him to see what he can build over there with the Mustangs. That's a team also that's been with the transfer bugs over the, uh, the past few seasons. We'll be the head man there he will bring some energy, some uh, some experience and uh Mount Vernon
1: Presbyterian has a good one Coach Maven. Holy Innocence, they wound up with a new coach after a bit of a windy path to get there.
0: Yes, yeah, so Holy Innocence, Adrian Collins, also known as Ace, comes in interim job last year and he'll take over the head coaching job full
1: time now and he is looking to hire a completely new staff. So, he's looking for good people
0: over there. He wants some skilled trainers, some guys that can really help out. Um, He's losing a lot of people. Richard Serkowski is going to be gone. Jules Irving graduated. Cole Smith, an All-State performer, graduates. So, uh, it's going to be a a bit of a youth movement over these next few years. Uh, He has a good freshman class coming in. He's got some nice players to work with. But uh, I think Cole Innocence will... Take a backseat for at least a year while he gets his players and gets the system in full time. But as long as he is, is still there and he gets his uh, the coaching staff he wants in place, I think Holy Innocence is a place you can win at and win that big. That's um, going to be a, a good spot for him. He's familiar with with most of the players since he was there interim last season. So Adrian Collins gets that Holy Innocence job after Holy Innocence was flirting around with some other uh, some other coaches throughout but at the end of the day Adrian gets the call and he's in a
1: good position to succeed what's going on with the Jefferson boys head coaching vacancy
0: Jefferson was a very popular popular gig that a lot of people wanted uh, city school over there they struggled the last few seasons uh, this past year they were 4-21 uh, Boiling DuBose was there for about 41 years he's out Stepping in now is Kevin Morris from Appalachian. Kevin Morris turned Appalachian into a very respectable program, and he did that thanks to uh, Kamar Baldwin, who's over at Butler now, had a very good freshman season. So, Kamar Baldwin was one of the guys that Coach Morris helped develop over there at Appalachian. Now he's got some good talent at Jefferson. Now, the record doesn't show it, but they had. Jefferson is going to be on the right track now, good new head coach, a lot of young players, a lot of those guys coming back. Uh, Jefferson, they're going to be, they could be something special over there in a couple of years. We'll see how Coach Morris develops the kids and how the players uh, improve on their own. But Jefferson, that's a city school. you can win a lot of games at the city school if everything works out right.
1: Who is the new head coach at Henry County?
0: B.J. Thomas Monticello. uh Last year, Monticello took a, a nice run to the Final Four, surprised a lot of people. This year, they were on that radar. I made it to the Sweet 16, and B.J. Thomas is cashing in with the Henry County job. That he's leaving behind two good players at Monticello. Ashton Bonner, a 5'8 point guard, going to be a senior this year at 20 points a game. Lee Crawford, going to be a junior, a 6'6 athletic guy. But people think if he puts all the pieces together, he could be a Division One player. So he's going to Henry County, who sees two Division I guards leave, and um, Javon Green going to George Mason, Uh, Damian Rosser going to New Orleans, Uh, Damian's dad, Vincent Rosser, he's the one stepping down from the head coaching gig. Uh, Henry County has some guards coming back, Joshua Steele is one of the names you might want to familiarize yourself with, and got some other guys there as well. Henry County's also going to have some athletes, uh, with a good head coach like B.J. Thomas coming in there, this shouldn't take too far of a drop-off, uh, but good for B.J. if you're doing that job. It's a move in from Monticello, Georgia to the heart of the city over here somewhat in Henry County. B.J. Thomas is going to have a
1: good opportunity to
0: win some games.
1: And finally, we're reintroducing the one-on-one segment that we started uh, spieling and dealing the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast with, and who are we talking with on one-on-one? We are
0: talking with Tiff County's new head coach Chris Wade. He was the assistant on the staff. he there for a couple of years. He was credited with installing and coaching that defense, one of the best defenses in the state, which is just holding everybody well below their scoring averages Newton, Gorecross, and the championship game, Burke, Ma, pretty much everybody. Uh, they were a defensive bus. So we were able to talk with Chris Wade. He gets Tell us about the expectations of the program as he moves over a seat. And uh, I'm just telling everybody right now, Tip County's probably not going to be going anywhere. You got a good head coach there. You still got some hungry junkyard dog type players. Tip County's going to be a formidable team for years to come. And Chris Wade, we have a good interview coming up. I want to thank him for coming on to the podcast, and it's a good one. So take a listen, sit back, and we will talk to you guys next week.
2: Step on to the hardwood. It's time for some one-on-one. We are bringing back the segment of the show where we bring on a famous, or not famous, but a, a well-known coach in Georgia high school basketball. And with us today is Chris Wade of Tiff County. And I'm going to jump right into it, sir. How did you get to Tiff County, and what is your coaching background? Because you are now the new head man of the reigning 7A champs.
0: Well, I got here through, uh, through Coach Holland, Eric Holland. Him and I uh, go way back. He actually started his coaching career with me when I was the head coach at American High, And uh, I moved into uh, the head position at South Georgia Technical College. And he would come around and help me out with workouts and that kind of stuff. He was just always always around the program. And, and uh, I moved on to Miami-Dade Junior College for a year. And, uh, and actually, after that year, uh, for family reasons, I got out of coaching. Uh, and then when I wanted to get back to Georgia, uh, Coach Holland had a position
2: and uh, he brought me, brought me to Fifth And how is dealing with college players different from high school players? I know you, you have experience with both of them now.
0: Attitudes and their work ethics and different kind of things, and you can make a decision whether you uh, want them or not. You know, in high school, uh, you kind of have to you kind of have to mold those things because you know you got what you get. You got the ability to go out and recruit, um, so you have to. It's more of a psychological game, I think, than it is at the collegiate level because you're not necessarily uh, kicking your players. Uh, you're having to transform your players into what you need them to.
2: Is there anything specific you learned under Dr. Holland coaching alongside him? Well, like I said, we've we, you know we've been friends and, and real close friends for a long time. So
0: um, I think uh, it, this is my first assistant job. So I've never been an assistant coach before this, and uh, it was just a. just kind of took some things from the experience of not being the head coach and things that, that I would do uh, that he does that you know, I thought were very effective. And then, you know, you learn some things that you, that you might not want to do. So it was just, for me, a new experience because i would never, you know, been in a position where I wasn't the head man you know, of the
2: program. And now that you are back as the head coach, what are your coaching philosophies? Is there any one thing that really stands out in your style of coaching?
0: Well, I think, you know, kind of what what we've done the past two years, Coach Allen has given me the ability to, to uh, run the defense. so that's what we'll continue to, to be hopefully known for. Uh, we'll, we'll rely heavily on our defense. And we'll, we'll be a man-to-man man team. And if we have to pick up more, we will. Uh, offensively, I think we'll have a little uh, more flow. Coach Holland was a bet-oriented guy. We ran a bunch of bets uh, most every trip. Uh, we'll be a little more quick hitting into some some type of conceptual flow and, and not so much uh, just that play. So but we'll base everything off our defense. We'll, we'll hang our hat on on getting stops and rebounds and, and um, you know, we'll let the offense come and go.
2: And this is probably a similar question. But now that you're sliding over a seat, how do you plan to maintain that level of success that Tiff County has had throughout the years? I mean, this is the premier powerhouse program in South Georgia. How do you plan to keep it that way?
0: Well, I think just continuing the, the program that we have in place as far down as the middle school. Game, we have in a one-school system. Uh, we have a lot of influence over what happens in our middle school programs as far as the players they keep. Uh, their practice structure, the summer, summer schedules—I mean, mm-hmm. we control a lot of that. So our, our sixth graders are, uh, to a certain extent, running the same thing as our high school kids are. Um, not at not to the same level, but you know, we, we implement that in the summer with our middle schoolers as a varsity staff. Uh, middle school coaches will come in and and observe it, and then we'll see how it ends. But. I think that's been the real success of the program is that we number one, we have good players. Uh, we've had really good players last year. And then also, we're able to implement, you know, the system as far down as the sixth grade. So that allows you to be more
2: flexible at the high school level uh, and what you can do with your guys. And coming from South Georgia, do you feel like there is somewhat of a, a chip on your program shoulder when? You're compared to the Metro Atlanta teams, and those guys are always, it feels like always they're going to get the first pickings on uh, who they think is going to win the state title, and then you guys are always just down there winning 28 games a year, but sometimes it takes a while for the rest of the world to, to wake up and realize how great you guys really are.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the kids, uh, you know, a lot of times the coaches don't get into that stuff quite as much, um, you feel know, quite as light because you know how the game works, and you uh, yeah, we're aware of that. But as kids, they, yeah, they, they take it pretty personal. I mean, they, they play with those guys in the summer. And, you know, P.J. and Mike can play with all this, all the guys that we played against on the run. They played against in the summer. So, um, you know, they, they they don't really understand why we don't get the same recognition. But at the same time, um, you know, we try to just educate them on it and just kind of move forward. And you know, eventually at the end of the year, you know, we'll get our cast to prove you know,
2: first and just going back to that state championship game how gratifying is it to see a game plan like that work out norcross usually wants to score probably upwards of in the 70s or something like that with all those division one players but you made it an ugly defensive war low scoring game and you guys came out on top how how great does that feel being a part of a coaching staff seeing everything that you you wanted to happen actually play out
0: it was good i mean you know that's what for, and that's what the kids were really able to execute uh, our plan on both ends of the floor, and uh, really for the whole the whole run that we you know we held some really as offensive teams in okay. check. Uh, I think going plus 38 points we're going to have to go. Uh, a lot of that was the pace of the game. A lot of that was uh, you know had some trouble with the Hammonds kids, but until our kids executed what we wanted to do defensively, and, and it was good to see. The same thing when we went because you know, we beat Wheeler. We hit them, I think, at 49. They were actually, like, 81. So, uh, like I said in the beginning, we we're going to hang our hat on defense. And we we're trying to get stops and rebounds. And, and hopefully, you know, in that we got 90% of the free throw line. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's always a plus. And, and we shot a lot of them. So. so, you know, all those things are factor in winning the games. There's a lot of ways to win basketball games. our guys just uh, understand that. Just, they don't always uh, – on
2: their physical talent, uh, you know, win a game. And what will it take to repeat a state champions? I know it's super difficult. Getting one is hard enough. You guys got two with that senior class that's just going out. But how do you repeat? Guys like PJ Horn and Micah are all all graduating and going on to the next level. I know it's going to be a, a difficult process, but I'm sure you're up to it.
0: Yeah, it will be. I mean, the thing people understand about about PJ and Fred and Micah is. Down is the office. Uh, points come in various ways. There's a lot of ways to score. Uh, but you've got to be able to get stops. So that's going to be our number one focus is trying to figure out who we can put in those spots uh, defensively to give us close to the same production. I don't think if you can't reproduce what Tess what, what Moore does defensively. There are very few of those kids that come along. So uh, we're not expecting kids to be him, but we've got to figure out a way to make up for
2: that loss. And what are you seeing from Rashad Bateman? And what do you expect from him coming into his final season? Because I know up here we didn't we didn't know too much about him until we see him just knocking down three ball after three ball during the state playoff run, and I feel like he's he's really becoming one of the best shooters in the entire state. Uh, he must be in store for a pretty big senior season, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's a
0: I'm sure you know he's a pretty big time football player as well. So he doesn't have the gym time that some of the other kids have had. To uh, prepare himself, so he came on uh, towards the middle of the year, and then had a great run in the state playoffs. So I don't know if you were that or heard about the Purkmore game. He hit four in a row in that game. He really left the game open. Uh, he hit four pretty in a row against Purkmore. The get, of course, where he gets the championship game. He really held us in there. Um, and I think you know, as long as he can get some time in June, of course, it'll be offensive in July. For football, but as long as he get some time in June. June Together, um, I think you will have a big year and I think we're going to win a couple of games in the playoffs maybe in football, make uh, we're expecting to be good, miss a large part in the first part of the season. Uh, so if he can get back in, this, in the form that he's in right now, um, he should have a very productive year.
2: And then final question, you guys always hold the McDonald's Invitational over at Tiff County. Do you know what the field's looking like this year?
0: i send like some names. I know that he's invited. Um, Maynard Jackson, you know, their head coach Travis Williams is a graduate in, in the Hall of Fame here. Uh, South Cobb's invited. Tucker, Keaton um, is invited. Morgan County is invited, and Lake Manola and Barcelona Florida, out of Florida, are invited. So I haven't got any confirmations other than Maynard Jackson's confirmed, and then Copper County, of course, they are, uh They're confirmed and Cambridge is confirmed um, but the other ones have been invited and I'm looking at, at some more uh, people to invite and, and uh, probably get the field set hopefully
2: within a couple of weeks. And then uh, could you just remind people about what, what time frame uh, the McDonald's Invitational usually is? This year we're the uh, class To thank you for joining Spieling and Dealing today. Uh, this has been a great help for everybody who doesn't know about you. Uh, I don't know how they wouldn't sound, wouldn't know about you, but they're definitely going to know about you now. And You have a great program. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you're doing over there in Tiff County for the next few years. And hopefully I can shed some light on you guys the entire season so you're not, not a dark horse when it comes to the state tournament time. So when people get hit over the head by Tiff County, they'll actually see it coming instead of it being a meteorite right and not being prepared right. for it.
0: All right, well I appreciate the